Welcome back. Now South Africa will be looking to get more out of its trade ties with the U.S. This as the nation prepares to host the African Growth and Opportunity Act Forum. Countries are set to showcase the continent's industrial capability, unpacking their regional value chains. Stanlib's chief economist, Kevin Lings, joins us now for a look into how South Africa and the rest of Africa can capitalize on the AGOA Forum. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Kevin. Now, uh, quite a lot, uh, of course, of uh, you know things that have and factors that have led to uh, this forum taking place right now. Uh, there was even a postponement at some point. But I just quickly want to start, um, you know, with with what the impact of AGOA has been so far, because it was launched in 2000. So before any of the distractions, when we actually get to the economics, what has the impact of AGOA been so far? I guess overall, uh, it's been a little bit disappointing, right? If you compare it with what was envisaged, at the time, President Clinton introduced it as a way to benefit the African continent. There were, I think I remember there were something like 49 countries or thereabouts, a huge number of countries that were able to benefit from it. Mm. It was designed to provide uh, African countries with preferential trade access to the United States. It was not a bilateral trade agreement. In other words, Africa didn't have to give up anything to get this preferential trade access. It was uh. simply a way of boosting uh, the African continent in terms of trade. And it said to, to the African countries, if you want to export to the United States, then you can do so duty-free across a very wide range of categories. And so um, it became a, a, a huge benefit that countries could could utilize. Yeah. Unfortunately, as time went on, a few countries were excluded from the benefit because of various uh, political developments. So yeah. the number of countries dwindled. South Africa has always been a part of it. So we've always been a, a, a key member of the agreement. But unfortunately, many of the African countries over time chose to focus their export initiatives much more towards the Asian economies, particularly China, mm. focus on commodity exports. And so they didn't really take up the AGOA agreement to the extent that they could have. Now, that mm. doesn't mean that there was no benefit. There has been a significant benefit. Mm. I'm just suggesting that the benefit could have been substantially better. Mm. And so if we look at uh, where we are today, the sub-Saharan African continent exports way more to China in a year than it does to the United States, even though we've got preferential access to the United States. Yeah. So you would say initially there was interest, initially it gained some success, but unfortunately in recent years it's dwindled. Mm. And our impression is that this is because of a couple of reasons. One of which is that there isn't enough knowledge in, say, South Africa about how do I get access to this preferential trade agreement? Yeah. What do I have to go through? How do I get my goods included? Who do I speak to? That sort of practical knowledge. I think there's a lot more that can be done to just simply boost people's awareness. Mm -hmm. The second is that South Africa and many other African countries have been guilty of not developing their manufacturing capacity. And so they've increasingly relied on commodities and commodity exports. China's a big, um, a, a big consumer of commodities. Uh. And so, quite frankly, it was easy to export commodities to China. Mm. 
and therefore not drive exports of value-added or manufactured goods to China, yeah. uh, to the United States. So I think it could have been better. It's been helpful. There's more that can be done. You know, I, I, I'm glad that you also uh, mentioned China and its role in this, in this whole thing. And I'm wondering then, because obviously we know that the relationship be between the U.S. and China is not good. So you could kind of get kind of a, a sense of their fighting for their share in Africa. And I'm wondering if then AGOA is a threat to China at this point, even though a lot of African countries still export to China. And if we can maybe expect some uh, political smoke screens or destructions during this forum? Absolutely. So you can't divorce this from the global politics, right? Mm. And, and Africa has become an attractive asset to have some control mm. on when it comes to, to the big political players. Yeah. Obviously, China likes to have an influence in Africa, partly simply to procure commodities and procure uh, food production. And the U.S. equally would like to have some access to, to Africa because of similar reasons, plus it represents a strategically important area. So yes, it's in it's caught up in the middle of it. The yeah. African countries by and large have, have kind of picked sides. They picked China as as their main trade participant. That doesn't mean they've shunned the US, not at all. That doesn't mean they've turned their back on the US. That's mm. not the case. But the efforts their, their focus has been towards China, and you can see that in the BRICS and the BRICS summit and how many members arrived at the BRICS summit uh, and want to be members of the BRICS summit. That's a, a critical alternative to the AGO agreement. So mm -hmm. it's up to the U.S. to make sure that the AGO agreement is extended, that it remains in place, and I think they should be doing quite a lot more to facilitate um, trade into into the U.S. and see whether or not yeah. there are industries or sectors that could be benefiting a lot more. Ah, indeed. So quite clearly, uh, South Africa is going to have quite a fragile or tight balancing act uh, to manage there. And I also, uh, also, you know, like the fact that you also said, you know, mentioned the fact that not a lot of businesses have the knowledge, know about AGOA. And uh, what Ibrahim Patel uh, was also saying is that instead of the large companies taking up uh, a big share of the benefits of AGOA, maybe also we need to start getting in the small businesses in there. Now, Kevin, as we wrap up the conversation, I'd like to know if there's any debate going on in terms of how long the next agreement can be extended? Look, I think that uh, you can extend the agreement for another five or ten years. Mm -hmm. um, I think from the U.S. perspective, um, trade with Africa is fairly small. I don't think it's disruptive mm -hmm. for the U.S. economy. I don't think that we are undermining in any way yeah. the U.S. Uh, corporate environment. There's no reason to, to not extend it for a significant period of time. But I think more important than that is mm. I agree there should be a, a big focus on how smaller, medium business can access this facility. And there's huge benefits and just delving into it, finding out how it works and just uh, basic manufactured goods can mm. find a home within the United States, which is very lucrative. So I would certainly like to see uh, many, many more businesses exploring opportunities. We tend to only think of the big companies yeah. as being able to be export success stories. Mm. That's not the case. And AGOA is designed to encourage small and medium business to gain access. Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time and just giving us a preview of what to expect at the AGOA Summit later on this week. That was Kevin Ling's chief economist at Stanlib.